The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Being Bumo, where we talk about all things parenting. We all know that parenting is one of the most rewarding things, but what often doesn't get talked about is the difficulties and the guilt that comes with it. And that is why I'm so excited to share with you guys who our very first guest is. Drumroll, please. Tia Mari. Most of you know her from the 90s as she was a star of the most popular sitcom, Sister, Sister. I met Tia a few months back as we were speaking on a panel together, and immediately I knew we had to become friends. Beyond her charisma, man, she is truly a shining light, just keeping it real and not afraid of telling it how it is. But also her positivity is contagious. We talk about everything from the emotional roller coaster during these times of quarantine and social distancing, the guilt that she's experienced as a working parent, how she handles screen time and technology in her household, to her personal experience on racism and how we can all raise truly inclusive kids. I felt truly inspired and energized after our talk and hope you guys will too. Without further ado, here's Tia. Hi, Tia. <laughs> it's so good to see you. We were just saying how it's been almost half a year since we've last seen each other. Crazy. Crazy. It's, right? it's, yeah, I was actually talking to my husband too. And I was like, my gosh, it's really been a long time. Like, and we've been in quarantine. I want to say we're going to be going on five months. <laughs> I mean, when you put it into that perspective, you're just like, yeah, this is our new life now. And I, I was joking the other day and I, I may sound redundant because I'm, I'm saying I was, I was talking to my husband while he's like the only adult <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that, you know, I've, I've been around, but I was like, you know, if you look at our videos, like in the beginning of quarantine, we're all just like having like lots of fun. And, you know, there was lots of cooking and drinking and just like, you know, just, just like, okay, yeah, I, I could do this. I could be at home, you know, for a minute and just take a little break. But then <laughs> reality, like really set yes, in. Exactly. And so many emotions that come along with it. Right. I mean, we'll go into that, but you're right. Um, it's been an emotional ride since the last time we saw each other. And I have to say to you, obviously I knew who you were before we first met um, over six months ago or five months ago, but I instantly gravitated just towards your energy and your kindness. Aww, and there's something so human about you. And right after we did the the chat together at Create and Cultivate, I was like, this, like, I got to make her my homegirl. Like, we're going to be mom <laughs> friends. I just need her around me because I just loved your energy. And, you know, ever since then, just following kind of 
um, your Instagram and fun TikToks. It's just so inspiring. And you just like, don't take things too seriously, which I also love. No, you know, life is short. Yep. It really, really is. And, you know, unfortunately, I've been reminded of that just with the environment that we're in right now, the COVID environment, a really, really good friend of mine, um, you know, I considered her family and, you know, it just, it just makes you really start to just have a different perspective on life. And so I say this, you know, life is incredibly short. So why not take every day and live your best to your potential? Find the joy in everything. Now, trust me, there are many things that I could be focusing on right now that, you know, could get me full of anxiety, even depression. But I, I choose not to focus on that because I've realized that I can't take yesterday back. And also my future isn't necessarily promised. Right. So right now, what you're getting is I'm just being present. And that's why I just, you know, people, they're always like, why are you so joyful? Why are you always filled with joy? And it's because I choose it. And I think once I started to realize that happiness and peace is a choice instead of waiting for that moment to happen, mm. girl, you will be waiting forever. Exactly. If you, <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. will. And I think people have almost needed this to remind them of that, right? Of what we had. And so, I mean, I feel like we're already going in so deep. I usually like to start off with icebreakers with people because okay. it like gets them in the group, but I feel like we're already in it. So yeah. I want to kind of um, go back a little bit. So sure. this is just a fun question just to start off. And I okay. feel like I know the answer for you, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Okay. So let's say you are standing at a playground with another mom that you just met and you notice that her underwear is showing. Do you tell her? What do you say? Girl, I would totally tell her. I'd be like, look, girl, your thong is showing. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'm that, type of, I'm that type of person where if I, you know, I say like, you know, a little hanger in the left nostril or the closet. <laughs> you have a hanger in the left closet or a hanger in, you know, the right closet. I want to know. Because in my opinion, that tells you right then and there what type of person this person is, right? Exactly. I want somebody to tell me, please tell me. And that is why I knew we had to become friends right when I met. <laughs> I was like, this girl is so honest. She's so kind. But I know that if something happened, she would just lay it, you know, flat. Yes, I, that's the only way I know how to be, you know, and, and I truly believe that I've instilled these qualities because of, you know, of my mom. My mom mm. has always just been a very real, upfront, honest person. And I started to see how that benefited her life. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely learned from that and gravitated towards that. And so that's just me. I'm as real as it gets. That's amazing. And your kids will obviously appreciate that too, I'm sure. Oh, as yeah. you get older. Um, of course. So how has it been for you during these kind of challenging times? I feel like we've all gone through so many different things within the past few months. How has it been for you personally and your family? You know, 
we've talked about how we're kind of like in quarantine now for maybe five months, four or five months, depending on where you are, um, you know, in the world. Towards the beginning, it was rough. It was hard. I was pulling my hair out. I'm surprised I'm not bald. I mean, you can see the gray hair there. See the gray hair. Oh my God. It was, it was hard because there was just so much being thrown at you at once. You know what I mean? Your kids, you doing social distance learning at home and then your kids being home and then you working from home, just you having to have to balance things emotionally with what's going on outside. Do you tell your kids about what's happening outside? Do not tell your kids about what's happening outside. The biggest issue for me was productivity Mm. because like I said in the beginning, like you said, I'm as real as it gets, and I can't really be productive or be creative if my mind is not mentally there. Mm. Right. So in the beginning of COVID, I just needed to just kind of process everything. Yeah. And, you know, you had so many people from all different angles saying, do this, do that. How about you do this? How about you do that, 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 that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my productivity right now means slowing down, Mm. means taking care of myself mentally, means just trying to grasp Mm. what the hell just happened, Mm. right? Like, absolutely. We literally, I mean, me, I can only speak from my, you know, from my perspective, but I'm sure there are people out there that can relate. I literally, I'm a go-getter. I work really hard. I was literally going at a hundred, maybe 200 miles per hour. Mm. And then all of a sudden I went to zero. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's almost like, not only like your mind, but your like body sometimes doesn't know how to process that. Right. So it's, it's like your mind is fighting your body and your body's fighting your mind. Like, yeah. Yes. I was telling Corey, it was like, my body was trying to catch up with my mind or my mind was trying to catch up with my body. There was some catching up that Mm. was going on because everything happened so quickly. But what really kind of helped me kind of just shift was it was told to me by an incredible woman. And she had told me, you know what, Tia, we're in trauma right now. The world is experiencing some sort of trauma. Mm. If you were to injure yourself, like say, for instance, you know, you hurt your leg, you sprained it, you broke it or whatever, you would nurture it. You would give it time to heal, time to grow. That's how you should treat this situation. Don't judge yourself. Nurture yourself throughout this. And that really, really helped me. It's so true. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's, Like so many times we're like, oh, I can't wait to go back to our norm. But a lot of people are saying like our norm wasn't healthy. You know, we were all just going so fast. We had we couldn't even feel things anymore, at least for myself. Right. Because we were just just running. And Mm -hmm. so it almost this had to happen in order for us to to kind of scale back. And, you know, for you, you, you're a busy working mom. You've been working since you were a kid. I'm sure you haven't stopped since. So I didn't know what it really felt like. Yeah. And that's why I was saying my healing for me was not about adding more. Mm. My healing for me was not being overly productive during this time. My healing for me was to scale back and 
to just heal, meditate, self-care, take care of yourself. You know, the other day, I have to be really honest with you, my daughter, she's transitioned into a real bed, right? Mm. It's not going well. Let's just say that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It started out okay, but then she's realized, hmm, I have all of this freedom. So I had been in there with her for three days in a row, okay? Not getting any sleep. And so it was my husband's turn. Uh She was screaming and she was crying. And a part of me was like, should I go in there? Should I go in there? Should I go in there? And I was like, no, Tia, you need to lay down. You need to rest your body, your mind, so that the next day you can be, you know, regrouped. Allow your husband to figure it out. She ended up going to sleep, but it was like around midnight. Oh, but like a terrible <laughs> mom right now. But, but my point is, is I was like, I deserve this right now. You know what I mean? I deserve to chill. <laughs> Absolutely. And the guys, they can handle it. They I can. Mean, I mean, we like to interject a lot, <laughs> but you just got to be patient with them. That's yeah. And word. it takes a village. You it can't does. do everything on your own. Exactly. So, so how does um, kind of your new normal, your new schedule at home look like for you? Like, is it completely different or is it kind of similar? Um, I would definitely say like 50% is different and maybe 50% of it's the same, Mm -hmm. but you said it, we now have a schedule. And I think that's, what's really helped with just, you know, dealing with the kids at home and just anxiety in general for everyone. Right. It's like, I feel like whenever there's some sort of set schedule, the kids know what to look forward to. The adults know what to prepare for. Right. So there's a sense of calmness. I feel like that happens when you have some sort of schedule. So in the morning, um, you know, we'll definitely wake up. I'm usually either with Cairo, um, or Corey we're potty training her now. So, you know, it's putting her on the potty right away. And then Cree will sort of start to, you know, come into the room and we just kind of all like, just, you know, hang for a minute, which is nice. That's what's different because usually you have such this tight schedule, you know, when it was prior to quarantine, but now you're creating your schedule and you Mm. kind of just like relax into whatever you're going into. So instead of just kind of rushing and getting straight to breakfast or going downstairs, we kind of just like hang out, give each other hugs and snuggles and kind of like just play for a minute. We'll go downstairs, we'll make breakfast together, which is really nice. And then after that, then the kids will start to get into some sort of activity. So Cairo and Cree, they'll start with artwork first, Mm. um, which has been very great for us because they stay busy. Cree loves art. Mm. Cairo loves art. Then Cairo, she like has a lot of these, um, they're like Montessori toys, yes. um, which are, which helps with like development and, you know, um, fine motor skills and all that. So she'll do about an hour of that. Cree will go between certain courses with drama. I've gotten him into some sort of virtual drama class, which is, which is awesome. Not virtual. I'm sorry. Um, internet, you know, like talking to a teacher and Uh then doing scripts and stuff like that. So he'll do that. And Cairo, they'll stay busy, I would say, with activities all the way up to maybe four or five. Cairo will sometimes take a nap, which is very great because that's when I will kind of lay down for a minute. Mm. Um, 
Cree will do piano. He'll do some reading. And so, you know, they'll kind of do some activities like that. Kyra will do water activities in the backyard, which is really nice. We have this water table. We have like this kind of um, slide, like a water slide situation. Mm. We'll definitely do some sort of workout kind of activity to get them moving because, you know, it's important to keep the kids, you know, moving. So we'll go outside for a minute, run, play, and then around four or five, five, actually, that's when I'll let uh, definitely Cree, my older child, who's nine, get on electronics. Mm. So he'll stay on electronics from five to eight. Then, you know, I'll do some cooking around five for dinner. The kids will have dinner. We'll all have dinner. And then we'll watch a movie together. And we end up putting Cairo to bed. And then we just kind of wind down, you know, that's basically, (laughs) you're like, that's that's just one day, every day, every (laughs) day. Day. I mean, all parents are laughing right now because they feel you on this. Um, A light day is a very busy day, but I actually Mm -hmm. like the fact that you talk about electronics because I think this is a very touchy subject for a lot of parents, but now with kind of our new reality, there is no other choice, especially if you need to get things done, whether it's cooking, whether it's working, you have to kind of get over the guilt and the fact that it's okay to give your kids electronics. I've always given my kids electronics. Um, But can you kind of talk a little bit more upon that? Because I feel like a lot of parents, you know, it would really help them feel less guilty because I know a lot of parents are feeling guilty during this time. I know, you Mm -hmm. know, Like I was saying before, this is our new norm, right? And how I look at it as prior to this, I had a different bag of survival tools. Now that we are living in this pandemic, I've had to create another bag of survival tools, Mm. right? And the word for me that helped was just suggesting. It's like, just how life began. What is it? The Darwinism, you know, theory. It's like the survival of the fittest, right? So I had to learn how to adjust and it's okay to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do because we're in a pandemic, you guys, this, we're in a different environment. We're in a different world. Now for me, it's all about finding some sort of compromise or balance, right? Mm. My son, if he's on electronics every day, I don't feel like that is good for his psyche, right? Um, So I do give him some sort of structure when it comes to electronics. So that's why we say, you know, because if I were to let him play with electronics all day, he wouldn't do anything else, Mm, mm. you know? So that's why I'm like, you know what? You can have your electronics from five to eight on Mondays through Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, guess what? He plays with it. He can play with it. He has no rules. He can do whatever Mm. he wants with it. But to help a lot of parents out there who are feeling, you know, guilty, it's the same thing like how I was saying about, you know, nurturing yourself through this. Mm. I feel like nothing is going to be perfect. It's just, it's just not. Um, And it's all about just embracing the change. You're still an incredible parent, you know, if you allow your kids to play with electronics. My son, he likes to do a lot of the games where he calls his friends. So they're all like on 
FaceTime together and they're like, you know, playing their games. So it becomes more of a social activity. Mm. So maybe if, you know, there are parents that, you know, did something more like that, they would feel less guilty if they look at it more of um, a social kind Mm. of thing for their kids. Yeah. But that is what's been, you know, it's, it's been saving my behind. Yeah. Like if I need to get something, like you said, if you need to get something done. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like what, what we're doing at the house right now. And I I, I don't feel bad about it because, you know, there is some sort of structure around it, but at the same time, what are you going to do? I think I, I love that part of adding structure to electronics because that yes. could really, because at this point kids, you know, they're going to want it all day, but if they know that there's a certain time for it, then it's almost like they're just going to follow along. Right. And they're not, I mean, at least for me in the beginning, my, my kids, not my youngest one, she's only one years old, but my oldest one, she kept asking for it. And so I had to put structure around it. And now that there's a certain time in place, she doesn't ask yes. for it. Or the other yeah, time. that's the same thing. The mm-hmm. same thing, the same thing with mine. And like I said, it does open up other areas for them to, you know, do and to learn. Yeah. Um, so it's been very, very, very helpful with the electronics. So I love that. Yeah. Um, any hacks or things that have worked for you during this time as a busy parent, whether it be like, a quick recipe or like getting ready or like make like anything for parents that has been working for you? You know, in regards to hacks, I would definitely have to say a lot of the meals that I have been making have been either sheet pan dinners or Mm -hmm. like one pot meals. One meal in particular is actually a meal that I've done on my, well, all of them really on Tia Mori's quick fix. If you guys ever want to, you know, check out some recipes head on over to Tia Mori's Quick Fix on my YouTube channel. You can, um, you know, see how I make it. But what's so helpful is I do this pasta dish where you actually cook the noodles all in one. So you're not like, you know, making the meat and the sauce all separately. And Wait, doing is, a it, separate- is this an Instant Pot? Um, no. So this is, this is... Um, I have a lot of Instapot uh, recipes as okay, well. Okay, sorry. I just got the Instapot. Oh, like, girl. A week ago and my life has changed. Like, I have an amazing chili recipe if you want. You can do uh, chili soup, but not only that, you can do chili nachos. Um, you could do chili dogs. You can do so many things with, with the chili, but the, in- the Instapot is amazing. Oh, I've done the Instapot. You can make mashed potatoes in that thing so quickly. It's, uh, you can cook chicken. It's, it's unbelievable. This is a kind of like a one pot. Um, mm. I put everything in one pot and then I'll go ahead and I'll bake it. But, you know, that's been something that I've been doing that has been just so amazing. I think another hack is, you know, we're not wanting to go to the grocery store all the time, right? We're just, for us, we do it like once every two weeks. Sometimes we can go every once every three weeks, but that's kind of uh, rare. But a tip could be is the type of vegetables that you get, because you want to you make sure that they don't go bad, right? Because mm. you're not, you know what I mean? You're not sure. going to the grocery store like all the time. So stuff like you know, um, potatoes aren't a vegetable, but potatoes, zucchini, squash, um, carrots, stuff like that 
that is very versatile and also that lasts long in the refrigerator, I think that has been really, really helpful for me and my family. And also we didn't want to use quarantine as, I mean, in the beginning we did as, as, as a time to just kind of eat whatever we wanted, but you know, this is also a time. Same here. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) this is also a time, you know, to try to eat healthy. So when you're thinking about the fruits, like get oranges, you know, I mean, bananas, they're great. They kind of, they kind of go bad quickly, but you, I mean, it's not that bad, but if they do go bad, if they ripen there, there's a lot of things that you can make, Mm. you know what I mean? Like you can do the banana bread and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying to be mindful of what specific produce that you get to make it easier for you. Another thing that I've been doing that has been helping is I'll wake up really, really early in the morning. Like I'm talking about like at six in the morning to kind of go through everything that I need to do for the day, meaning work, like emails and just kind of structure things just so that in the day, I'm not so overwhelmed because you have a kid going, mommy, mommy, mom, 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 mom. (laughs) Oh my God. Let me just, you know what I mean? So I find that just getting up, it may not be six o'clock for you or someone else, but just kind of getting up before everyone else gets up. Mm. You know, I have to agree with that. I am not a morning person. I've never been, but during this time of quarantine, in the beginning I didn't, but then I just realized that it's impossible to get everything done that I need to get done while the kids are around. So I've been waking up at 5.30 every single morning just to do the things I need to do before the kids need me. So I feel you on that. It's painful, but it's so worth it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, your day is just a better day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so in our community, we talk a lot about normalizing the guilt. I know we kind of touched upon that with technology, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I could imagine for you, since you've been pretty much working your whole life and then all of a sudden you had kids, right? Um, was there a period where you had to adjust to parenthood and where you felt guilty about working or not a hundred percent being there? And if you have experienced that, how, how have you overcome it? You know, that's so funny because my best friend, she's, uh, my best friend, she has a six month old baby and I'm, you know, giving a lot of the toys that Cairo has outgrown to her. And she was just over the other day, grabbing some of Cairo's toys. And she literally, it was like her eyes were so sad. And she was like, Tia, I feel so guilty about going back to work. And I was like, oh, you know, and I told her, I said, you know what? Her name is Jessica. And I said, unfortunately, Jessica, the guilt never goes away Mm. for me. I don't think I ever do not feel guilty about leaving my children while I go work. But what has helped me, and I don't know if it's because I studied cognitive psychology in college (laughs) or whatever, is changing my perspective. Like that's the one thing that I've learned how to do is is just kind of shift my thought process. You know what I mean? And shift Mm -hmm. this, the way that I think. And what's helped me, and, and the first time was when my son, you know, my son is, is nine. And, uh, when he was born, I had to go back to work two months later. And I remember he was in his crib and 
I remember it was dark outside because I had to be um, at work early in the morning, like at 5.30 in the morning. And then I would come home. So my point is I would leave when he was asleep and then I would come home when he was asleep. Mm -hmm. And it just like a little, like a dagger in my heart. And I was like, gosh, this feels terrible. Like Mm -hmm. this just does not feel right. What helps me? And what helped me, number one, was I said, there are millions of moms who are doing the same thing and they are getting through and they are getting by. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think that community is so important, especially when it comes to motherhood. I never really understood the power of a community until I became a mother. So when I saw that there were other women doing the same thing, I was like, all right, Tia, you need to straighten up and fly right. Like these, there are women out there that are like, you know, doing the thing. (laughs) And then the other thing was perspective on, I want my children to see that mommy works hard for what she has. Mommy has to go out and fetch and get. Mm. And Children learn the best through observation, not just through telling. So when my children see mommy get up early, you know, once they get older, or when my children see that mommy has to work really, really hard to, you know, make a living, then that is setting an example for your child. And that is what stuck with me. And that's why, you know, I feel better. It's not mm. completely gone, the guilt, but I feel better, you know? I love that. I, I love that you brought up having your kids observe you and watch you because we could literally tell them everything we want them to do, to be hardworking, to be kind. But if we're not mm. living it ourselves, they won't understand it. They no. won't be able to truly understand how, how it feels. No. And yeah. I mean, that's really beautiful. And yeah, Aww, thank you. So I'm going to jump into a subject that I, I, I feel very passionate about that I've been wanting to talk to you about. Okay. And, you know, with everything that's going on right now with Black Lives Matter, you know, there is just this conversation about racial injustice. And you've been really open about your story at a young mm-hmm. age about privilege with mm-hmm. seeing your mom get discriminated growing up in a biracial household. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and um, kind of your first experience with it? Yeah, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, I am mixed. So my dad's white and my mom's black. And the good thing is, is that my parents are incredible, meaning they are the perfect example through action that love is love and love is incredible. And they've really um, created an environment within the home that I never, you know, looked at uh, other races, other cultures, you know, in any, we don't have this narrow-minded point of view, should I say. So my point is, is that I never really, when we were inside the house, I never really saw that my dad was like white and my mom was like black. And, you know, there were, I just saw two people that loved each other. Mm. 
And so once I got older and I started to see how people even treated me actually Hmm. and treated my mom, that's when I knew that what is going on here? And the first experience for me was I was actually called the N-word when I was in third grade. And I was eight years old. I was living in Texas at the time. And I can still remember, I can still see the boy. I could still see him. Very tall, slender, you know, boy. And I didn't even know what that, that, that meant. I was like, okay. But I knew that it was bad because of how everybody else around me was reacting, perceiving and reacting. So I went home, told my mom, and then that's when she, my mom and my dad, they actually sat me down and and told me the whole story. Mommy's black, daddy's white, you know, people treat people differently just because of the color of their skin, but don't worry about that. You are beautiful. You are amazing. Mommy and daddy love each other. Um, Their way of thinking is is terrible. You're not going to be that way. So that was my personal experience with my mother. Once my sister and I, um, we had a television show called Sister, Sister, and we would do a lot of traveling. And so we would kind of get out of our comfort zone, you know, our home, our environment where people knew us. And I would just see the way they would treat my mother. And one time in particular, there are several stories, but I'll spare them. Um, but one time in particular, I had already told one story on Instagram about a house that our family, we were looking at, but another one was when we were on a plane and we had first class tickets and I would see this often whenever we would fly with my mother. Um, excuse me, can I please see your ticket? Mm. Uh, excuse me, can I please, you know, um, you know, make sure that you're, it was like they were, they were double checking to make sure that she was supposed to be sitting there. And now that I'm older and I know the process, it's like you're asked to get on a plane at a certain period of time, whether it's first class, whether it's group A, group B, whatever. Right. And I'm like, that should be enough. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, in in my opinion, you don't want me to go deeper. I don't even (laughs) think we should have classes. You know what I mean? I think it's, I I really think it's ridiculous. Mm. I think it's ridiculous that we have classes. I agree. I mean, it's like, why, why, why do you have to, you know, you get the silverware, you get the nice, you know, the fork and the knives and the, and the, you know, nice wine in the first class. And then, and it's like, you're freaking kidding me. Like it should all, like, it's ridiculous. But my point is, is that my mom would always be, you know, she would always have to prove herself that this was her seat. And we would see this all the time. And then there were times when my dad would travel with us and they would never ask him. So to me, it was very evident and clear Mm. why they were asking her that question. It's because, you know, as if they automatically assumed that she couldn't afford to be there. Mm. And um, how, how did that make you feel at such a young age? Because how old were you back then? Uh, like 14, 15. Yeah. So you obviously were very aware of what was going on. Oh, so yeah. did it anger you inside? Like um, what, what was going on inside? You know what? You know, 14, 15 years old, you know, now it like angers me. You know what I mean? But at 14, 15 
I was hurt more mm. than anything. It would, I, I, I would cry. It would yeah. make me cry because I didn't understand why people were treating certain people or my mother a different way or asking her questions that she didn't need to be asked because of the color of her skin. I just couldn't grasp that concept. Right. I just, right. I didn't, I just, I just didn't understand. So, you know, it just made me really sad. Yeah. And this reminds me like children, especially at a young age, they can identify color, right? So they can identify like, oh, this person is a different color than that person. But like, for instance, my daughter, we have, um, Chloe has an uncle that is black and she doesn't question it at all. Mm -hmm. And until it was um, during Black Lives Matter and she would see the news and Mm -hmm. she would hear us talking about it during the dinner table, that's when she started asking questions of like, wait, but why? Mm -hmm. Like, why are people fighting Mm -hmm. for this? Like, it doesn't, I mean, she's only five years old, but Mm -hmm. at that age, you know, they understand the difference in color, but they don't really see what the problem is. And that's, like it actually watching my own children go through the process of this, um, mm. it kind of allowed me to understand that this bias and this kind of judgment, mm. it develops as you get older. Older. And, yes. And it all starts in the house. And that's yes, it does. It starts in the house. And that mm. is when I was telling my husband, I was like, we have to be actively anti-racist because we can mm-hmm. all say that we're not racist. That's an obvious, right? Yes. But how do you become anti-racist? And so, you know, we've been doing our best, like really learn and research and listen, but I would love to hear from you. um, How can people, parents that are listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. actively raise an anti-racist family and kids? Yeah. I think you said it perfectly with even what you're doing with your family. And I think what you said was it starts in the house. It mm-hmm. starts at home. What people have to understand is this behavior is learned. Mm. Okay. So it's about communication. It's about bringing awareness. It's about sharing stories. It's about teaching your child about different cultures right? At home, at a young age. So I think what's important is, and how you can be anti-racist, is not running away from the problem Mm. and saying, oh gosh, you know what? This is is a little much. I'm not even going to talk to my child about this. Yeah. No, I think we all should have this conversation. So I think number one, communicating and talking to your child and knowing that you have that responsibility. It's your responsibility instead of putting that responsibility on other people. Mm. So not waiting for someone else to have that conversation with your child. Right. So I think that is one thing. Another thing is, of course, bringing awareness. And how do we bring awareness, especially with children? And you know, even what I've done with my children is books, right? You can read incredible books to your children about Rosa Parks, about Martin Luther King Jr., about just, you know, uh, pivotal, you know, people um, that 
you know, had a huge impact within the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. And then even what I've done with my daughter is I even bought, if you can even eat, and I think you'll love this because you love fashion and I love that you love fashion. <laughs> you can even do it through clothes mm-hmm. of, uh, of expressing yourself, you know, through fashion. I, I just bought, you're, they're getting them dressed. You're having a conversation about it. You see who's on this. You do it with everything else. Mermaid. You see the mermaid? Isn't that a cute mermaid? <laughs> <laughs> you see the unicorn? That's a cute unicorn. The princess, that's a cute, you know? But yeah. this is another way on how you can educate and bring awareness. Um, and then the other thing is through television, especially, you know, during this time, I was just having my children watch a whole bunch of that starred a lot of um, African-American actors. And and one of them is Wiz. You know, Mm. you had Michael Jackson, you had Diana Ross, and it was just such a great story. And my son was like, like, you know, he loved it, but, you know, it's important. And that's, and that's one way of bringing awareness, you know, to your family there's many, there's Family Reunion out there, which is a show that I'm on, you know, Netflix. Yes. Um, I had ran into this. It was, it was so amazing. This is when we were traveling in New York. I, I just got back from New York. And then a guy, he, he, he stopped me and he was like, you know, my age. And he was like, oh my gosh, just want to tell you, I love your show. And I was like, Oh, I was like thinking like sister, sister, you know what I mean? Because he's like an older guy and he was a white guy. And I was like, oh, so he's like, no, he was like family reunion. He was like, I love this show. And he said, this is a great show on how I can learn more about your community. Mm. Wait, this was prior to Black Lives Matter. This was, this was like in January sometime. That's amazing. So, I mean, they're out there, right? And like, I think it's just like, we're so conditioned to what we're used to, whether it be the TV show that we go to or the dolls that we buy or the books that yes. we read. And, you know, parents, including myself, we're lazy sometimes. So we're just going to grab whatever is like right in front of us. But I think it's really about taking just that one extra step to yeah. to discover um, diversity and how yeah. to introduce culture and stories yeah. through, you know, these platforms that we use every single day, like your show. So Aww, thank you. Yeah. So if there is one advice and we're going to end it um, very soon, but if there's one advice that you could give to all parents out there, specifically moms, we have a lot of moms listening here. What would that be? my gosh, I could talk, I could talk to you for days about this one. (laughs) Um, the advice that I would give that is really, it resonates with me is self-care. Don't forget to take care of yourself. Don't forget to fill up your cup because, and I say that specifically because you said for moms, women I feel like I've seen it with my mom. I've seen it with my grandmother. I, I, I feel I've seen it with my sister, with my friends. I feel like we are natural nurturers, right? I don't know if it's the, the, the estrogen or what. I don't know, <laughs> but there's just something about us that just we naturally like to take care of other people. Mm. But for some reason, we feel like as a society, the more strung out we are, the more tired we are. If our hands are bleeding, then we are incredible moms. 
lives. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and I just feel like maybe that's just the way my mom grew up, you know, but I just feel like we always give, 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 and we don't pour back into ourselves. And that leaves us depleted. Absolutely. And I have a saying, it was, it was given to me or told to me before I was a mother, but it was a, a woman who I admire and she was um, a producer and she was just doing so many things and she's very successful. And I was like, how do you, how do you do it? And then she was like, you know what? How can the goose lay the egg? She said, if the goose doesn't take care of herself. And I was like, oh. Wow. But I never really, really understood it until I became a mother. Mm. How can the goose lay the egg if the goose doesn't take care of herself? So the mom is the goose and the egg, it's her children. It's her, you know, job. It's her husband. It's, you know, her wife. It's whoever. But how can you be the best? You your full potential if you don't tap in to yourself and make you, where's the camera? (laughs) You, (laughs) you happy. You deserve happiness. We deserve it. So if you want to, like I said, if you want to rest for a minute, let your husband take care of it. It may be a little bit of a show, but let, you know, let your husband take care of him for a minute because you deserve, you know, you deserve to be happy. You don't, we don't have to live, you know, it's the same thing. If, if, if you had children and you lost your ambitions and you're like, oh man, I'm a mom now. I can't be what I've always wanted to be. No, yes, you can. You still can do it. Don't allow yourself to think that all is lost for you just because you are a mom. No, now is the time to be an example, you know? So that's the advice I would give for moms out there. I'm literally going to play this recording to myself every morning, just like this last (laughs) bit, just to get myself pumped up for the day to do me and take care of myself. God. Absolutely. Thank you for <laughs> the inspiration, the motivation, and just the reminder. Aww. Um, Okay, so the last questions are fun, kind of rapid fire-like questions. Uh, okay. Just to close it off. So don't think too much about it. Just like spit out whatever oh, comes gosh. to mind, okay? You always scare me. Okay. I know. Um, they scare me too, but okay. they're, they're not that bad. Okay. okay. So one product you cannot live without. Is it a, a product? Is it um, anything? Oh, anything. You know what? I'll have to say my my um, Kiehl's moisturizer. Um, I have a, a night serum and it comes in this blue bottle. Oh my gosh. It is freaking unbelievable. I absolutely love it. It keeps my skin nice and glowy. Is it the midnight oil? Yes. Yes. I love that stuff. Love it's so it. So good. So good. And it's, yes. it just like kind of puts you to sleep or relaxes you. Yeah. So. It's the, it's the um, essentials in there yeah. too. I think that just really helps. And then when you wake up in the morning, your skin is just so nice. And I don't wash my face mm. right away because I don't want the oils to leave, you know, my, my, my skin. And I think some people tend to overwash, 
which yeah. you strip all of your natural oils, but that's what keeps you looking young, honey. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe yourself as a parent? Fun, loving, mm. fun, How, loving. Fun and loving. How would your kids describe you as a parent? Crazy. <laughs> no, I think that they would say fun. You know, I'm all about, like I said, life is short. I'm all about finding those great, awesome moments to hold on to and just enjoy. So I'm definitely the fun, crazy parent. Hardest thing about parenting? Oh, the hardest thing about worrying. I think as a parent, you're always worrying if not only not, not that you're worrying about your kids, right? I said you learn how to sleep with one one eye closed and one eye open. You know, you just and that's is that is just you go through life like that, just like always worrying. Oh my gosh! But then you're also worrying about you. Like, am I doing the right thing as a parent? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? It's just it's a constant like worry, 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 worry. And I've I've been trying to work on that. Most rewarding thing about parenting. Oh, seeing them grow, seeing them evolve. Your children. And, and, and having someone that loves you unconditionally. Can your husband really say that he loves you unconditionally? <laughs> Depends on what, what time of day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's for me. Like, hmm. Yeah, he loves me. But I mean, your children, they love you and they brighten up your day. Oh, what is one thing you hope for for your kids? One thing that I hope for my kids, that they grow up happy. Happy is more important to me than anything. Happy and healthy. I love that. Yeah. And then last, last question is, how do you want to be remembered as parents? Oh, wow. How do I want to be remembered as a parent that she gave her all to make her children happy and healthy and that she loved them with every being and every ounce that she could give. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Tia. Aww, thank I you. I feel so inspired after talking to you. And, you know, I think Aww. that's what we're trying to do here is to inspire parents. I know it's not mm-hmm. an easy time for them. So I know they're going to really appreciate this. So thank you so Aww. much. And where can everyone find you? Obviously, everyone knows who you are, but where can yeah. they find you? Oh, you can find me on all of the social media platforms. So you can find me on at Tia Mori on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and on TikTok. <laughs> and um, I also have, um, you know, the YouTube channel where I'm giving out advice, recipes, inspirational talks at Tia Mori's Quick Fix on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tia. And uh, thank you. Hopefully we'll see each other soon after yes. all of this. Hopefully. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetie. Nice Bye. seeing you. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to BumoBrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.